0: Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of January 28th, 2013. This is episode 179. I am Chris Bevelo, president of Interval or the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. With me today in studio, uh
1: ah
2: Jackie Retacco, account manager with Interval,
1: finally uh, back. Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. Where have you been? Just not on a podcast?
2: hmm I've been um, getting the boot. You have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to state my piece.
0: Well, now we have, you know, we have so many options for podcasts. Tease. Folk. And we are, we're pursuing adamantly one of our longstanding goals of adding more guests. Yeah. So Katie, who's not with us on the podcast today, is working diligently to rope in some folk. And I think we got some good leads already, so mm-hmm. that's exciting. Uh, let's see. we've got some good stuff on the docket today. Do we to do updates first sure okay don't forget to uh follow our group on LinkedIn join our group engage your you know what here's I'm staking this right now. I know we promote it as join the conversation. I think we need to change that because join the conversation' everywhere in fact we we came up with join the conversation for a client we did like two years ago. <laughs> And I want it to be something a little more bold and join the conversation. So our challenge is to come up, like join the, join the chaos, join the Yeah. Are you, are you bastard enough? <laughs> are you?
2: <laughs> something that fits with our, Test yeah. your
0: bastardry. Your bastardry? <laughs> bastardry. Something, yeah, something is bolder than conversation. I agree. What would it be? Like when Parliament in England gets together, have you ever witnessed that? That's not a conversation. That's no, like it's a, like a, a brawl. A brawl. Join the brawl. Join the, Join brawl. the mental brawl.
2: Ooh,
1: the mental brawl.
0: A mental brawl. <laughs>
2: <laughs> kind of. Wow, that's it's not really a brawl. That's that's deep. Negative. Banter.
0: Uh, yeah. That
2: maybe. makes it sound too servicey.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Something. The oral, Join the shiznit. The oral onslaught. <laughs>
2: Why does it always go there? We'll
0: call it the O-O. We didn't go there. You did. Yeah. Whatever. That was completely innocent. So any, any use of the word oral is off the table, apparently. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, Jackie. We've missed that. Yeah. And she wonders Pern why she's not back. back. All right. Do you have something else to promote?
2: I do. And by the time this airs, it'll actually be the following night. So for anyone who has not yet signed up, you can still join us. Um, for a mission Minnesota Health Strategy and Communications Network networking event, which is at Kieran's in downtown Minneapolis, Tuesday, January twenty ninth, starts at five thirty, and we Interval are the sponsors, so we'll all be there, and it, it should be fun.
0: What's the giveaway?
2: The giveaway is a brand new Apple TV. Wow,
0: is that HD? Ten eighty p baby. I've seen. I've, we were joking before that I've seen some banter online about that gift, and I I fear that the people that are bantering believe that it is a TV, that it is a television set, which it is I not. Is see it is a set top no. box. Yeah, it just allows you to is access the very internet. Box. Is it yeah. actually just
2: really small? Oh yeah, yeah it's, it's like about three the size inch by of three a inch.
1: Yeah, Phone? stack of... Uh, like that. Yeah, it's about this big. Yeah, a little oh. bit a little bit fatter than that, but.
2: Oh, that's that would be kind of funny if someone did expect a huge TV. And, I was pointing out, out that you, you know I still
0: have my like I got a new TV when I moved this summer. I still have the box because I'm weird about that. I, I too. I do. I have all mine too. for like a year. But if you wanted, you could have it and you could wrap the gift in that. So when <laughs> oh, they, we. And they open it up and be like a 16 inch <laughs> Samsung, and funny. Then they're like, "What?
1: So light?
2: And these then, things are so, so light, light today. I know. And then watch adults weep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, and also, hopefully, it won't be um, negative digits as it is yeah, here it's in Minnesota freezing, this freezing cold.
2: And it's, we're going on a long stretch of it, too, which sucks.
0: No, it's supposed to be like 30 by Sunday.
2: Oh, well, we but have been.
0: We have been, yes. Like Monday, yeah. the high was negative four. Yeah, it's
1: been like, don't leave the house weather.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and which is funny because I had a great conversation with Stacy Mallory from Banner Health. So shout out to her. Uh, they're based out of Arizona, and she was uh, lamenting that it was... 80 degrees as in
2: it's hot as in like
0: well we were kind of you know joking about the weather and she's like i have to say it's kind of a little hot down here (laughs) yeah that's rough i mean when it gets 30 here we'll be walking around in sweatshirts i will i I will agree
1: with that though i'm not a fan of the heat nor am i a fan of the cold i like my like i like a nice minnesota fall i like it when it's like 65 70 degrees it's like perfection yeah well
2: she
1: she said it got in the negative digits down there
2: in Arizona? Up in, like in
1: the mountains. Yeah, they had like
0: some record cold snap.
2: Well, this is how I feel about the, co- whole, the cold and the hot. Is that if you, so this is why I identify with people who are hot, like and hate heat, like I do, you can only take off so many of your clothes, right? I mean, so you can only cool yourself down so much. In the cold weather, though, you can bundle up
1: and keep on putting on layers. Infinitely. That sounds like a Minnesota until you look like Joey from Friends when you put right. on like all of Ross's well, clothes.
2: I'm not sad. Saying- <laughs> I'm not saying I enjoy the cold, but at least you can attempt to be comfortable. You can attempt. But when
0: it's negative four, I don't care how many layers you have on.
1: You can't be out there for much more in a bunch <laughs> of minute and you're miserable. Your face, yeah, your face your is Your face, freeze. your ears, your feet, your whole body is just like. Ugh. You open your mouth and no, your teeth get cold. That's the worst. But That's. Oh, well. Well, that's enough.
2: my reasoning. Know. We always
1: <laughs> love the weather. But
0: shout out to Stacey. Great conversation with her this morning. She seems great. Looking forward to meeting her down the road soon. Um, she will be at the forum, she said. She's speaking at the forum oh, conference cool. in May, uh, where I will be at least, maybe some of our podcast team will be there, too. Cool. speaking there um, at least once, maybe twice. So we'll have more information on that to come. All right, first topic. First topic, Jim Jim Gerondo. Go. <laughs> Jim Jack
1: Joe Joe.
0: <laughs> what was that from? Saturday Night Live. Live uh, Dana the, Carvey doing the something group. McLaughlin? McLaughlin group. group. Jackie, Jackie Mondo. All right, so this is an article. I don't know who posted it um, or why. No, I'm just kidding. why they did. It's from Business Insider. It's a good one. And it's titled, How Companies Are Using Gamification to Transform Healthcare. Now, we've talked about gamification for a while. Um, we just love it, um, first, because it's a great tool to... Uh, enhance your interactive strategies second because adam and i are gigantor gaming geeks Mm -hmm. so that it it helps us feel better about ourselves that this pastime of ours actually has legitimate business purposes (laughs) which by the way if i want to sub-reference again ask me about my teenage son and his defense of video game use oh or it was awesome i'm like you should write this up because he was just like you know, going on about your eye hand coordination and your ability to make decisions quicker and all
2: this. (laughs) You could find, yeah.
1: When it comes to like uh, online games, like MMOs where you're literally playing with like a large group of people. And there is actually some sort of leadership structure to making organized things happen. Um, There's all sorts of, there are a number of articles about there uh, on how it, Teaches real world leadership skills and real world. If you're sitting in your basement, slaying dragons, slaying dragons
0: on TV, (laughs) which I do, which I
1: do on a weekly basis.
0: (laughs) All right. So this article is primarily about how companies are trying to um, use gamification as a way to provide tools and services and products to help people stay healthier. Which, of Mm -hmm. course, is a big part of what we talk about when we say you should be leveraging health and wellness as a way to build your brand.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of interesting things in here. They talk about the challenge of HIPAA uh, and how you overcome that. Uh, What was one of the things I highlighted down here? So I thought this was interesting. Some consumers have complained that health app companies release too much information about their personal habits. For example, Fitbit, which we've talked about quite a bit, because some of us use it, Mm -hmm. came under fire in 2011 when the sexual habits of several hundred of its customers started showing up in Google search results. Yes. The company had been making all the physical (laughs) activities of its members public to encourage exercise and competitive interactions. After the outcry, Fitbit flipped the default setting for its members'
1: From public to private.
2: <laughs> That's smart. Thank you. what's what's We're funny. Late now. What's funny
1: about that? When you get your Fitbit, you get this little wristband with it, this kind of stretchy little wristband that you can attach mm-hmm. the Fitbit to, so that you can wear it at night. Um And it's just—I mean, when you when you hear that, and then the pictures that go through your head are like—it's just bizarre of this little <laughs> Fitbit on somebody's wrist measuring their. uh
2: wouldn't you think to remove it? That's a whole other issue. But yeah, they should probably make that private. Wait, I got to get my Fitbit. <laughs> so, so I can track this exercise.
1: One of the things it shows you is this vine, and this vine that grows based on your activity. Nice. So I'm just, I'm just imagining people...
2: Spikes in there. Periodically
1: glancing at their vine during the uh, course of the evening. Uh, their vine, nice plant. My vine is almost fully extended. <laughs> Wait a minute. Aww. So it
0: also talks about... Um, that a lot of folks are trying to build in that social, that networking component of it, because that's really helpful uh, for people just as a psychological way to stay on track and meet their goals. Mm -hmm. But I love the quote at the end of this. Um, So one guy says, community and social experiences are very commonly connected to games we want to play with and against others, and to share that experience with others. Having a social dimension is typically a significant and valuable part of gamification. But the last quote um, I think is very... Smart, but adding social element, but adding that social element isn't enough. Quote As with everything else, it has to be done effectively. It's not enough to say, Do you want to announce to your Facebook friends that you hit this milestone in a
1: game? It has to be a real community. Mm -hmm. Not only that, there's some other examples in this article that are that kind of miss the mark. And I think that a lot of people are missing the mark when it comes to gamification because I think too much is being put under this. Uh, umbrella of gamification for example in this article i'm trying to find the paragraph here but there's a company that uh, a fitness club i believe and part of the model is that you pay you pay in money um and somehow you either get the money back or you get rewarded based on your presence by going and i think Mm -hmm. the app that they have the mobile app uses gps to track if you've been there or not so they can literally see yes you've been there um, mm-hmm. and you get your, your rewards based on that. And if you don't, if you, you get penalized by not going and, um, so the people who don't get their money back or don't get the money, the reward for not going, those are the rewards for the people who do go. So right, anyway, right. but what's, what I, I, to me, that doesn't, although it's, 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 it's featured within the context of the gamification discussion here. But to me, that, that is not gamification any more than my bank, you know, giving me a late fee for not paying my mortgage is gamification. <laughs> it's an incentive. Right. It's an incentive. But right, right. incentives and gamification are not, I mean, they're related because the elements of gamification are incentive based. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anything incentive driven is not just, doesn't just fall into the bucket of gamification. Um, right.
2: That's, yeah, a that's, a, yeah, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, there's a good point. And that, so I think I think people are missing the mark to some degree on on
0: that. So confusing gamification with <clears throat> financial or other material incentives. Right. Which gamification could have that, right? But the purity of gamification actually it comes from from situations where that's not. I mean, again, video games you don't win real money. I guess in some you probably could or. Some kind of T-shirt or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're motivated from the gamification elements that involve leveling up, winning trophies, right. you know, getting special equipment, whatever. They're intentionally not material because yeah. they're video games, they're and separate. I think that's where the real power is. And it doesn't mean you can't have incentives, but just <clears> just because somebody offers an incentive doesn't, doesn't make it gamification. A
1: right. Mm-hmm. The other the tr- the other thing too. I mean, when I think about you know one of the types a type of game that I enjoy playing an actual video game is this MMO-style game, which is the you kind of game... might as well tell people what the hell that is because I I'm telling you 98% won't know. Most MMO. likely the vast majority of people on planet Earth have heard of World of Warcraft because you probably know somebody yes. who play who plays it or you play it yourself. Um, <laughs> but to say that, what MMO this, is. D- that's what I'm saying. MMO, yeah. oh, multi, um, massively multiplayer online game. It's actually MMORPG role-playing <laughs> game. That's the whole thing. <laughs> It's like um, blah, blah, blah. But these me. are the types of games, and I've witnessed this myself. I mean, I've played WoW World of Warcraft for like seven years now. Um, when I first started, a lot more than I do now being a parent and you know having many more responsibilities. But Having a life. Having a life, yeah. <laughs> but I've seen, in, in having played it that long, um, I've seen people become extraordinarily addicted to the game. to the, To the point where bloggers who I followed who wrote about the game eventually got to the point where they were writing about how they were stopping or how they needed to quit because their wife left them or i literally <laughs> played with somebody who um uh his wife picked up their daughter and and left and he didn't know where they went and that was finally his breaking point i mean this dude played all the time i mean i would right. lo- i logged on and played occasionally and every time i would go on he was on um and i bring this up because i think there are there are some dangers of gamification too and incentives um and this is an example you know part of what keeps people in that game is is this is the social connections you get I mean that's why I play because I have friends who play, and right. it's kind of the way we hang out, much like you would join a bowling league and or whatever or maybe you know intramural sports or something you know it's it's your fun thing that you do with your buddies, and it's mm-hmm. how you hang out. Well, this is how I hang out with a bunch of friends who I normally wouldn't even really see that often, and some who don't live here who I wouldn't probably communicate with if we stopped doing it. Yeah. So the social the social connection is a really powerful component of it, and they talk about that in the importance of that here because it helps with the longevity, with keeping people motivated and keeping people wanting to come back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but when there's the combination of that social pressure um, to continue advancing somehow, especially if your advancement leads to what you can do with other people, if you fall behind. Um, you can't do what those people are doing. Cause kind of the way this, like this game works. If you fall behind, right. you can no longer play with the people. I mean, you can still hop on and chat with them and stuff, but mm-hmm. you can't do what they're doing because your character has literally fallen behind. Right. Um, so there's this, this, this incentive to be on all the time and always playing and always, yeah. if not completely caught up with the people around you slightly ahead so that either you've got a little bit of an advantage or maybe you can help them more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are also achievements in a game like that where you you know some are just ridiculous, some are cool and are tied to things where you did things as a group and you got an achievement for it. Others are really stupid things like going out into the world and you know killing three hundred. So squirrels bring this back. You have lost me so far. The point is that okay. some of these achievements are just superfluous. Just they're just stupid. Oh, um, definitely. They, they're meaningless, oh. but they're but they're they feed an addiction. Uh, at least in this game. And I think there's a danger in almost anything where you start tying in components of gamification, depending on which direction you take it, um, that, there, that there are potential unhealthy aspects of it, uh, From not only from an addiction standpoint, but probably from other standpoints right. as well, the health ramifications of that.
2: Well, I feel like as a non-gamer, I, for me, the reason I would engage with any of these would be just because of the incentives. I mean, maybe there is that community aspect I'm also one of those people who do- doesn't and that's kind of what the quote Chris said. I don't want all of Facebook to know that I'm doing this right. certain thing, these certain things, so it's more of like the community that I choose, so I can see that, but for me, it would be incentive based and I don't know if it necessarily needs to be monetary or like and points maybe wouldn't do it for me, but it's almost like a but i don't know can
0: I, can I ask you a question Do you really think that you would do it only for the incentives? I mean, I think the way this stuff really works is. There's something compelling about whatever it is that gets you to do it. It's the gamification and or the incentives that keep you doing it. Right? Well, I mean, are you really going to do something just because you see you're like, "Oh, I can't wait to see what my points are," or is it
1: going to be whatever it is the actual well, activity? I have an example too, but you okay. finish up and I'll use my example. Well, I
2: guess I mean, I like of the list in this article, the one that I have used. Actually, I don't know if it was in here, but my Pal, mm-hmm. I think it might have been. And that was the only incentive for me using that tool was weight loss. Right. I mean, like, so that was, I mean.
0: But that's not an incentive. That's the goal of using the tool. That's what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? It right. wasn't some mechanism that kept giving you points or something that got you into it. It was something it was going to help you do. If it does, my point is, if it doesn't do that, I don't think the incentive itself would pull people in. Right. Does that make sense?
2: Kind or, of. I don't yeah. I
1: don't mean to talk you into something you're not meaning. Well, how about credit cards? I we have my wife and I have a credit card through the bank that we that literally everything other than bills we charge onto it and then we pay the balance off at the end of the week we use and we do that mm-hmm. because we get points for using that card sure and probably through, over the course of the year those points add up to a, about a thousand you know somewhere between like seven hundred to a thousand dollars of money that you know was free we're getting we're getting it
2: mm-hmm. now.
1: Obviously, credit card companies have programs in place like that because they know the vast majority of people who have credit cards are not paying off their balance at the end of the year. And as an investment for them to make their card look attractive and they know that most people are going to pay in with interest more than they're going to get out from this point program. But right. someone like us who ha- pays no interest at all, but puts absolutely everything on there and accrues points, you know, they're kind of losing out on mm-hmm. us because they, are, they're, they have to give us that money basically within the point, point program. Right. Um, so my, my, I bring that up because I, I say in that regard, I, I, where you were going, I feel that way because for us, we're, we're taking advantage of us. not taking advantage of it, but we're taking part in this system, um, much to the chagrin of the people who are providing it. So you're doing it only for that incentive. But to me, the difference
0: is credit cards are commodities. There's no difference. There's no difference between them other than things like interest rates or incentives these things the points are any yes. what's that but i mean in, in these what we're talking about is far more complex i mean sure there may be some people that go that use delta to start with because they want the miles but if delta sucks they're not going to keep going back and if you use one of these things it's got there's got to be something about it that you're getting other than the gamification incentives or i don't think you start it in the first
1: place well and i, but I <laughs> and i bring that one up too because there was an example in this article about um United Healthcare doing right. a having a game for pregnant mothers, I believe, or pregnant women who are go- going to be mothers.
2: Oh yeah, that was interesting.
1: But the thing about that, I question that. I mean, obviously, I don't know what they're benchmarking benchmarking it against. But they, they gave some numbers in there of how many women used it and what mm-hmm. the incentives were, what the rewards were, what they got out of it. My, and I question, you know, yes, they the used it, but are those people who would have went through and have been healthy and participated even without that? I mean, are these people who would have done that anyway, but just saw it an, an opportunity to take advantage of here now and say, okay, well, as long as I'm doing this, I'm going to tap a couple of buttons on my phone and, and mm. get some free coupons out of it as well. Right. They got um, gift cards. The difference would be, are those people who wouldn't have been as dedicated about visit, you know, making their appointments, mm-hmm. you know, if, if they are, um then yes that was a that was a success cuz you got people to do things they wouldn't have done otherwise. You can't tell from this Right, you story can't tell from here. Right, so, do a control. Yeah, variable. so if the if 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 you know 90% of the people who went through would have done all those things anyway but just took advantage of a system, you know, smartly to, wisely took advantage of a system to get some coupons out of it as well. Right. I don't know that you can call that a success in that case. Mhm. I don't know. I mean, it's a success that the people got some nice deals out of right. it. But it's just a question where they, they would have taken the right
2: anyway. Right.
1: All right. Well, we're beating this thing way, way deeper than we probably intended, but that's okay. Um, there, one other thing that I add before we jump to the next topic, um, <clears throat> I was struggling to find some articles from last year from a couple of sites that I follow that were talking about the pitfalls and some of the negative sides of gamification, which we touched on a little bit with addiction and that kind of thing. Um but I'll see if I can dig those up because there are some articles out there that do a nice counter, you know, the things you need to be aware of um, when you're thinking about actually integrating this concept yep. into your mater- into your um, marketing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, my biggest takeaway from this um, is really less about gamification uh, and more about how wellness is just everywhere. And we've talked yeah. about this before. And whenever, you know, we've been, I'm going to say now we're going on four years Of trying to, you know, advocating for hospitals and health systems to build brands around health and wellness, Mm -hmm. you know, pre reform. This is how you speak in a relevant way to your communities, um, Joe Public, all of that stuff. Uh, And one of the caveats always is hey, pretty much anybody can do this as far as a hospital provider um, kind of organization, but other folks can do it too. And the more that this is going on, the harder it's going to be for you to leverage it and stand out. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it because the alternative is still crappy. You're just sitting there beating your chest about how awesome you are. Um, But every time I see articles like this, I'm just like, this wave is now crashing and it's Mm -hmm. everywhere. And boy, if you're not doing something, you're really behind. But even if you are doing something, you're really gonna have to keep pushing it and take it to the next level Mm -hmm. because the competition for wellness solutions, tools, content, It's coming from everywhere, Mm -hmm. not just your
1: hospital competitors. And it's going to be harder and harder for you to – to pull people, you in. have to yeah. be different. Yeah. What was the article? Something that we, I mean, we have fodder buzzing around the office all week, or constantly. But earlier this week, we somebody shared a link from the Huffington Post.
2: Oh, that's the next one on here. Oh, is yeah, that which actually going to cover? That's on our. Oh, oh. Well, well, we
1: spent so much time on. Let's this toss one, it in the show think. notes. You can check it out. But yeah, it's, it, there's a great little video in there that talks about every company, not just in healthcare, every company eventually becoming to some, just some extent or another, a wellness company. Right. Um, just because that it doesn't, you know, it, you could be. Maker of whatever widget, uh, and people are whatever yeah. it is, people are talking about the benefit, the life, lifestyle benefits, or health benefits of using, you know, their product, or they're tailoring their product around mm-hmm. that. And it, it's interesting, it's an interesting concept yes. that every company and it's not smart. just in healthcare. Your competition in talking about wellness or trying to hang your hat on wellness mm-hmm. is literally going to come from every single direction. Well, we joked about this last year, and I just got it last week. These so, Certics is a huge
0: wine store, and once again, they're having their annual heart healthy wine sale, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So if the liquor store can jump on this bandwagon, <laughs> totally. anybody can. And the and the challenge is while well, I would say nobody should be able to speak to wellness to the same level or or your health as providers of healthcare. Right, right. Nobody has that expertise baked in. We are up against it when we're going to start thinking about the apples of the world and the Consumer products and and yeah. all these people that really get how to engage consumers because we're still behind in that way
2: yeah
0: and they're going
1: to start pushing us out well and mm-hmm. the other and the other side of that too is that apple apple has a pretty big advantage in that people are open to hearing from them or really right. willing to receive the message that they have to offer whereas you know that's not so much the case for a hospital I you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: people don't want to hear from you necessarily. Right. All right. We, that was the article was called
0: uh, five wellness insights, but we've I'm sick of wellness. Is that can I say that? Well, um <laughs> the irony of that statement. You it? <laughs>
2: yeah, we can post in the show notes.
0: Yeah, we'll post in the show notes. So, I, I think we have a show title. I'm sick of wellness. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Okay. So I don't know how much time how are we doing. I know we have time for this last one, I just to make sure. We've got we about come. five minutes. Okay. So what we you know, we've covered these things occasionally and when they pop up again. You know, usually we just kind of blow them off because now it seems to be par for the course. The idea of companies updating their logos or identities and having consumer backlashes and then, yeah. you know, basically having no Quijones to just stand by what they're trying to do and cave to
2: the glitterati
0: <coughs> w- or whatever, the Twitterati. So this happened with American Airlines. Um, they haven't, I don't think, retracted their new logo Um We'll post a couple articles on it. But but what caught my eye about this one, which I just thought was a whole nother wrinkle, was there's a story in Ad A or Ad Week, I guess, called New American Airline Logo Triggers Ire. You know, people are like pissed. <laughs> and it's just like, That's come on. So
2: funny, yeah. You know, of
0: course people sitting around with nothing to do are gonna start harping on this. Um and I and I fear this stuff because it it's counter to some of our message, like the brand makes the name not the other way around. So so stop stressing yeah. some of this stuff because it's the value you put behind a logo or a name that matters. But then you get this and then people are gonna be just so scared to do anything. The the element I wanted to pull out is that the dude Massimino Vignelli. Okay, so he must be famous. Massimo. Massimo.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know you know Massimo. I mean so he's so famous, he's got a frigging line at Target of stuff. That's, that's not the same one, is it? Isn't it? Isn't it Massimo? I think that's the same guy, isn't it? I don't know. I don't think He's so. a designer. Hold on, let me find out. I so thought it was. He designed
0: remember. the original American Airlines, the two A's with the eagle between it, in yeah. 1967, right? And so American Airlines is trying to update their logo, mm-hmm. so it's simple. Um, and what they come up with now is a cross between an eagle with a blue red wing and something that looks like you would cover your floor vent with. <laughs> it's really weird looking. But it's a, just a modern interpretation. Whatever. That's yeah. how I think about it. Whatever. Spending five minutes complaining about it is five minutes too much, in my point. But he comes to the defense of his own logo, which is sounds so self-serving. I can't even his original it. logo. Yes. Um in this article, they say it's a savvy response. But he said, let's see, in an interview, a designer can only be as good as their clients. Therefore, the new American Airlines identity doesn't surprise me much. So he slams American there. He's 81. (laughs) Well, Beside the point. (laughs) Clients without a sense of history could not understand the value of equity. It seems to me that there was no need for American Airlines to undertake such a change. But many people do not understand the difference between design and styling and believe in change for the sake of change. So... He's essentially defending his original logo, which it's hard for me to take him seriously when it's his logo. Yeah. So it sounds like sour grapes. Bitter. Yep. Um, but essentially, his argument is: once you have a logo, you should never change it. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. <clears throat> which, is from a designer who's respected, is baffling to me, mind-boggling, jaw-dropping, astounding,
1: sickening. He's super. I mean, there there is no. He's old. You know, aside from Rand, I don't think there's any more classic. I mean, there's no more old school, traditional designer example you could probably throw out there other than this guy, other than Rand, the person who did um uh, like the, the original UPS logo I And know. a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of the most iconic, classic logos. Right. Um. Yeah.
2: Isn't isn't part of the gripe here just that American Airlines is kind of a crappy brand? It is, and so they're kind of trying to cover that up yeah. with. Well, I, I don't, don't know. They, I,
1: they don't. I don't. I haven't seen. Not anything the company,
2: that, but that's people's. Well, that's that's
1: a conclusion right. I think people jump to. Right. I mean, I think that's an assumption. You see that with like Comcast changing their stuff to Xfinity or whatever. It's like you know, it's like. Doesn't change the fact that you provide crappy right, service, which is absolutely <laughs> right. true. And in today's right. connected society, everybody knows that Xfinity is Comcast. You can't hide behind you know you're not right. somebody new all of a sudden. I don't think you know American Airlines. They're not changing the name; they're still American Airlines. Mm-hmm. So I mean, already they're not trying to hide behind something new there. And I don't think that I don't think they think changing their logo is going to make them appear to the masses as somebody new. It's a
0: fifty-year logo, right? Yeah.
1: It's been around since the, when did 67. they say the 60s? Yeah,
0: It's reasonable. So it's They'd almost guys, update it. It's not 50. So it was born when I was born. It is not 50. <laughs> let me be clear. <laughs> yeah. but can I just read this and then we can, so we have this, um, Adam, I know you follow. It's called Brand New. It's a blog. And a lot of times we get some of the stories from, from mm-hmm. this where they review. Uh, and this guy, he kind of jumps in and I tend to agree with what he says. He, I'm going to read this whole thing. I'm a much... I'm as much a fan of Massimino Vanelli as anyone, and I believe in what he stands for, and appreciate the strictness and spareness with which he and his Unimark brethren approach identity design. But let's face it, that approach holds little value post-2010, and graphically, <clears throat> things are starting to look dated. Whether you like it or not, the clients commissioning large identity projects and the consumers paying for the service or product these companies represent do not care about the neutrality of Helvetica, thank you, (laughs) or the equity (laughs) of a specific drawing of an eagle. Clients and consumers want things that look like they were designed today, not 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. The American Airlines logo, last updated by Vignelli in 1968, looked exactly like a logo (laughs) and identity design in 1960, bleepin' eight. (laughs) That's a very, very long time ago. Aesthetic values have changed and so have expectations of what things should look and feel like. This is not me trying to make an excuse for the blank storm of gradient shadow and bevel-based logos (laughs) that we've seen rain down on us at a large corporate scale. I hate to say it, but can you really imagine Paul Rand's UPS logo still used today? It would be
1: anachronistic. Yeah, and I I totally agree. I mean, the the new mark is not bad. I mean, the the classic, the original American Airlines logo mark was a cool mark. And I think that even today it's got, it can have some style points for being a a cool looking retro mark. And man, from a design standpoint, the way that it balanced with the two A's, I mean, there was a lot of kind of perfection about how it was created. There's there's something that's perfect about that mark. Mm-hmm. Aside from the fact that today it feels like an extremely Dated. old mark. And, and if for no is, other reason that is can be a reason to It's also very it.
0: intricate, which is not something that's going to help you today. Simplicity right. is better. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he gets credit for he has gotten credit as far as I know that this is supposed to be a simple. The original one right was simple for its time, but, you know, re, repurposing that eagle at any kind of small level yeek yeah you know and and you know i could see them going just dropping the eagle and having the aa might have been good or changing the font slightly i don't mind what they have um
1: but but it's almost beside the point where you like the new thing or not it's
2: it's so beside the point yeah
1: right right and you're right jackie massimo the massimo line at target which i believe is m-o-s-s-i-m-o versus this guy's first name which is m-a-s-s-i-m-o um it's not the same, though this guy does everything. The reason I thought that, cause, I mean, this guy literally, his agency, him and his team do everything. I mean, their graphic design, package design, houseware design, they do like everything. Oh, okay. I assumed that that line was part of their thing, but I'm thinking maybe right. it's not.
2: Okay. But, right.
1: Yeah. Kind of like, who, who's the other guy who does like everything at Target? You can Michael get like a Graves. plunger. Yeah, you oh, get like Michael a Graves, co- yeah. Michael Graves Terrible coffee maker, Michael Graves plunger. You Michael Graves stuff?
2: um
0: it is crappy stuff yeah. it's bad yeah
2: like bad quality it, yeah, yes yeah.
0: it looks good but like buy his plunger and try to use it once <laughs> yeah yeah and i think i like, had a plunger there, it, like folds on itself <laughs> yeah. instantly or it's broom i used the broom for like two weeks before the head started breaking off of, like just falling right off of the, the stick p- the plunger oh, is nice. the best
1: example though the rubber is so soft and supple that you just you like plunge and once light. it's and now you've got to like literally pull out your poop covered plunger with your bare hand and try to <laughs> Yeah. Unclapsed. It, it. it
0: turns from a plunger to a mushroom in like <laughs> yeah.
2: 3.5 seconds. Noted. No Michael Graves stuff. I'm telling everybody.
0: you. And the and the the broom I bought that was you know really cool. It's it's almost cheap. The stuff is cheap. Yeah. And it's cheap more
2: quality. expensive though it at is. Target.
1: Whatever. I bought a metal name, I bought a this metal orange squeezer juicer like it's the kind where it's like a it folds in half and then you right. put the orange and then you squeeze it together oh, yeah. and it was made out of metal the damn thing like broke on the third metal metal handle fused to the metal orange cup <laughs> thing snapped Michael off Michael Graves yeah it was a Michael Graves oh. one I'm like alright you know I bought like four Michael Graves things in my life and they've I'm all done. broken I'm done I'm never buying his stuff again anyway alright we we'll probably wrap it up
0: since that's like a 45 minute schlong thir- 45 minute schlong is that what you said
2: <laughs> podcast title <laughs> the 45-minute <laughs> long. <laughs> yeah,
0: that wasn't the word I was looking for. <laughs> All right. For the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards, this is Chris Bevelo.
2: Jackie Rataco.
0: And Adam Meyer. Talk to you next time.
2: Toodaloo.